and I'm very pleased uh, to uh, welcome Mary Ann Schroeder. It is so nice to speak to you again. You are the author of the perfect health and natural way, you and your husband, Mark. And we're talking about the content of this book. And last week we started off and we shared a testimony as well. And today I would like to get to the subjects. How do we listen to our bodies? It's not as complicated as you might think. It's a lot. It's actually very simple. And it's interesting that God has actually put these mechanisms in our bodies to tell us what we need at a particular time. And you take the two most common things that people crave. What are the two most common types of foods that you would crave? Think of it. Mm, well, depends on it. It will. Well, either for me, it will be all the decadent. Um, sweet things and yes. some people might might crave chips or you know that salty um yeah, you got it you hit a nail on the head it's the sweet things and the salty things and the reason we crave sweet things is that your brain and central nervous system cannot function without glucose they just can't nothing can work you can't you can't make a new cell in your body if you're if you're not getting enough glucose in the body and all carbohydrates break down to glucose the problem is that when we, what happens is the cells start to need glucose. The cells send a message to the brain saying, we need glucose, we need it now. And you get a sense in your mouth that if you don't put something sweet in there right now, you're actually going to slit your throat or you're going to, you know. And then what happens is you'll jump in the car, go off to the shop, or you'll open the cupboard, and instead of having, you know, just one little thing, you'll end up having the whole packet of biscuits because you're desperate for something sweet. And if we understood that our body is designed to have natural glucose in it, unrefined, unprocessed glucose, then that's what we should be putting into our bodies first. And the, the cleanest burning, the type of glucose that burns the best or is utilized by the body the most efficiently, is natural glucose that's found in fresh fruit. And, and it's so sad because for years people have been saying, don't eat fruit, it's high in sugar, it's going to make you fat. Don't eat sugar, it's going to cause diabetes. You don't eat fruit, it's going to cause diabetes. In fact, some diabetics say they can't eat fruit. And yet the sugar that God put in fruit is completely stable on your blood sugar. So unfortunately, there's a lot of old wives' tales out there telling you don't eat fruit when fruit's probably the best thing that you can eat to help with blood sugar and weight because your fruit is totally alkaline in the body and we know that alkaline-forming foods can increase your metabolism by about a third. Even an, uh, even an orange or a pineapple or strawberries or even, even lemons are alkaline in your bloodstream. So they actually have the ability to increase your metabolism. So the more you eat, the more stable your blood sugar is, the better your metabolism is. It, it won't speed it up if you're underweight, but it will definitely regulate it and make it correct for you. So next time you crave something sweet, for example, before you go and eat that chocolate or that... I wouldn't eat chocolates because to me that wasn't sweet enough. I'd go for Cook Sisters and Custard Slices <laughs> and oh, Melt and all kinds of delicious goodies with lots of sugar and they had to be creamy and mushy and uh, that's what I would eat and condensed milk straight out of the tin and I, I didn't realize that my body was needing glucose and when I started eating fresh fruit first I started by eating a mango and I think oh that's delicious I'll have another one and another one the first time I did this I ate a whole box of mangoes I'm not talking about a little box of six <laughs> a big box of nine or twelve in I ate the whole box, okay? But the most interesting thing that happened is that gradually over the sort of weeks as I started to eat fruit, I started to eat less and less fruit because my cells were being satisfied with the right glucose that God made to put into our bodies. And so I stopped craving sweet stuff. 
And, and now if I crave sweet stuff, I'll go and have, you know, a dried apple ring that, that we make. We dip it in raw honey and then we um, sprinkle almonds and cinnamon on there and then we dehydrate it. And it's like eating a little donut, but it's on an apple. And then I'll eat something like that or I'll eat a handful of raisins or I'll eat some dried figs or some dates or a mango, whatever's around, and then I'll be completely satisfied and I won't feel like other things to eat. So I can now walk past, you know, these fudge shops that they, they make where they're churning out that fudge on those marble slabs. And that wonderful smell that, and that you get. And that wonderful smell wafting <laughs> out there. And I can walk past and I can tell you I can smell the smell and I have no desire. I, my mouth doesn't even water at the thought of going in and eating the fudge. And, you know, I used to buy two packets of fudge, one for me to eat on the way home and one for me to share with my husband when I got home. <laughs> so, so for me, it was a huge thing. And I'll tell you something, that was the number one thing that stabilized my blood sugar, stopped me having this reactive hyperglycemia, which resulted in this bipolar chemical imbalance of the brain that I was supposed to have. And I haven't had an incident like that for over 25 years, simply because I now eat fresh fruit or preservative-free dried fruit when I'm craving something sweet. And then I don't feel like the other stuff. And then the second thing you mentioned is the salty food. Most, a lot of people that don't, that don't crave sweet things will crave salty things, and they'll want things like the chippies, and they'll want some drivors, and they'll want some pizza, and some toasted cheese sandwich, and it's lunchtime and everybody's getting hungry, I'm sure, listening to this. Yes. And, and, and I, I used to forget even the melted cheese on the toasted cheese sandwich. I used to just go straight to the fridge and make a big slab of cheese and eat that. Because, and then I'd put Marmite on top of that <laughs> to get some extra saltiness. But the reason we crave salty things, the main reason, it's not the only reason, the main reason we crave salty foods is because our bodies need essential fatty acids. And if we're not getting enough essential fatty acids, the hormonal system doesn't work properly, the immune system doesn't work properly, your brain and central nervous system doesn't work properly. So the entire body needs the good fats, and the good fats are the ones that God made that grow on trees. Very easy to find them. Avocados, they're in season right now. Raw nuts and seeds like almonds and cashew nuts and um, pecan nuts and, and Brazil nuts, any nuts that you feel like that are raw, and, and, and they need to be quite fresh, otherwise they don't taste so nice. So a handful of raw nuts or seeds before you eat the chips. An avocado before you eat the chips. If you don't like those, five to ten olives before you eat the chips. If you don't like that, you can have some olive oil on your salad. I mean, all those years of not putting olive oil on my salad because I was terrified of getting fat. And now I can drench my salad in olive oil and I'm enjoying it and my body works better than it's ever worked before. So, and even sweet corn mealies on the cob. I mean, you can even take frozen mealies. They've been... They've been um, just blanched, cooked in boiling water for about 30 seconds. Even that, if you just ate a bowl of the, the mealies straight out of the freezer and let them thaw or poured some hot water over them to make, get them to warm up, even eating a bowl of that gives you a good source of your omega-6 uh, fatty acids. And in the omega-3s, your best source is from like, things like hemp seed oil or flax seed oil. So it's a good idea to get some flax oil into your diet on a daily basis. Um, it's the best source of your omega-3s, and there's a lot of scientific reasons for that, but um, 500 people take some flax oil on a daily basis, they stop this. When I started taking the flax oil daily and eating my avocados and nuts and seeds, I just stopped craving all the cheese, and for me it was a problem, because every time I eat cheese, I get such a snotty post-nasal drip, and my nose is all clogged up, and my ears get sore, 
and um, I'm dairy intolerant, so I get all these problems, and it's not funny trying to speak to people about their health while you're coughing up a lump of mucus. Oh, no. So it was, it's not that difficult. And uh, the easiest way to do this is close your eyes and say, if I was living in the Garden of Eden and I was craving this particular food, what would I eat? Because, say, I, you know, I used to go and buy nougat in the middle of Johannesburg with my student years when I was studying to be a teacher. And I'd go to Dick's Nougat, and they'd have this Nougat with figs in it, and one with cherries in it, and one with almonds, and all different colors, and I'd get a piece of every single one and eat it on the bus on the way home. And and I think of it, well, if the Garden of Eden, there wouldn't be anything, but there would be figs on the trees, there'd be almonds on the trees, there'd be real cherries on the trees, and so I would eat those things. So sit and say to yourself, what would I eat if I was craving something salty in the Garden of Eden? What would I... What would I crave if I was eat with, if I was craving something sweet? And that's not that difficult to do. And in time, you satisfy yourself's need for certain nutrients, and you stop craving things. And you know what the nicest thing about that is? Food stops controlling you, and you eat when you're hungry, and you enjoy it with a grateful heart, and you're not having to ask God's forgiveness afterwards because you picked out yet again. Because the compulsive overeating comes from not getting enough of the concentrated nutrients into our body because we're eating empty foods that have no nutritional value. They just have calorie value and they just come into the body and they upset the balance. And uh, it's, it's when Jesus said that he's come to set us free, I think part of that was eating God-made foods because you are set free when you focus on the God-made foods and not the man-made foods. Wow, that's so informative. And um People can, if they want to, can sort of, we can refer them back to your book, Perfect Health, The Natural Way. Being the author of this book, obviously we are taking subjects from the book and just chatting over about these subjects. Yes. Yeah. Now we, um, next week, are we going to talk about foods and moods? <laughs> oh, yes. That's my favorite, favorite one. I just need to add one more thing. If you've yes. got 30 seconds. Another interesting thing that happens with our bodies is when we're actually full, you will sigh. Your body, you'll actually be sitting at the table and you'll go... That's interesting. And most people do that, but they don't realize that that's the body's message to say you've had enough food to stop eating. And often I've tested it. I'm halfway through the plate of food and I sigh and I think, oh, but it's so lacquer, I want to finish it. And you know when you finish it, then you start to feel uncomfortable and you get a little bit of gas and bloating and you, you're just not comfortable. But if you listen to your body, like listen for that sigh and try and stop eating there, you'll find your digestion works better, you'll sleep better, and you know won't gain excess weight. Uh, I know this is probably not a, answer, a question you can answer, but why sighing? What What is the actual function then of the sighing? Is it just I think it's got something to do with the oxygen that's being used. In the Nobody understands it fully. I think ox, quite a lot of oxygen is used in the digestive process. Well, when I say oxygen, oxygen you breathe in, and oxygen transports nutrients like iron and iron. You know, it's like this whole, um, it's a chain reaction in the body. Oh goodness! Sending a message saying you've had enough. Have in a sigh, like I must have a rest. I must yes. rest from eating. Yes. So I think it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing. And when I've told people that, they've come back and they've said a week later, I didn't realize I sighed at the table, and now I'm hearing myself, and I hear other people sigh at the table, and I say to them, you've had enough to eat, stop. Yes. But it's a, well, it's a very interesting thing, and it's just these, these, we've forgotten how to listen to our bodies, and it's a God-given thing. God has put these checks and balances in place. 
you know, we so often <clears throat> will spiritualize things and we'll say, oh, the Spirit is speaking to me and the Holy Spirit said this and I heard God say that. And I often look at people and I think it's, it amazes me that we live in such a physical world and most of us can't even hear our physical body telling us what the problem is. Or we don't listen to our body, like we'll get a headache and we'll just leave it and leave it and then we'll start taking painkillers. We won't say, why do I have the headache? How can, how can I undo the headache? Something caused it, how can I undo it? We'll just, we'll just ignore it, as I say, eventually start to take painkillers and not find out what the problem is. Why do you have the headache? And, and we're living in this physical world. We can't listen to our physical bodies. How on earth do we think we can listen to God's Spirit? And I honestly found that my spiritual relationship improved a thousandfold when I started learning how to listen to my body physically. Because when I started tuning into the physical part of my body, it became a lot easier to hear God's Spirit. Like I used to feel like I prayed and prayed and prayed and my prayers would just hit the ceiling and bounce back and God wasn't listening. But since I changed my diet and I've been eating a healthy lifestyle and I exercise regularly and I'm making more God-given choices with my lifestyle, I'm finding that I'm able to listen to God's Spirit and I'm hearing Him correctly. Because often people say, I don't know what God's will is for my life. But I almost find it easy to read the Bible. I can understand it better. And it's, it's quite bizarre, but I think a lot of it has to do, and we'll talk about foods and moods next week, is that a lot of it has to do with your brain functioning so much more efficiently when you start to put the right nutrients into the body. Look, everything functions better. Your digestive tract, um, you know, people with problems like constipation. I once helped a guy change his diet, and within 24 hours, at the age of 54, for the first time in his life, he wasn't constipated. And he didn't have anything to make his stomach work. He just started eating God-made foods. 24 hours and the stomach was working two, three times a day without any help from any medication. Since he was a baby, he said. He phoned me up. He was so excited. He said, I cannot believe my body is working like this. And I think if we understand that God designed our bodies to function optimally, he wants us to be well he wants us to be well as our soul prospers. He wants us. That's, that's his choice for us. His choice for us is to not have cancer and heart disease. It's to be healthy and well. But you just sometimes have these areas of our lives we will not surrender to him. And very often, unfortunately, in believers' lives, that's food. It's like, God, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't have affairs, I don't use bad words, but don't touch my food. Just leave my food alone. And I think if you have that problem, if anybody's listening and they have that problem, I think you just need to go home and in the quiet of your bedroom, get on your knees before God, lie on your face if you have to, and say, Lord, I repent of having been a bad steward of my body. Help me to make better choices. Teach me. Guide me. And honestly, people don't have to read my book. God can show you how to eat. He really can. If you feel you need, you want to read something, you know, it's welcome to read my book, but God may bring you another book. You just need to give that area to him. Say, this is the area of my life I've held on to all my life and I've got physical problems. I'm overweight or my digestion's not working properly. I give this to you. I need your help. And I think that's the start of health for, for, for all of us, really. I mean, I had to get there where I tried the doctors and the homeopaths and the naturopaths and eventually I was just crying before God and I, I cried out to God to help me. And he did. He always will. Mary Ann, thank you so much for sharing that with us so enthusiastically. We're looking forward to chat to you next week. Great. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.